We said he's an Auburn Tiger through and through. Listen, I'm gonna. I, I may offend some people here. Hey, War Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle. Auburn man, Brad Law. War damn eagle. And he's here inside the press box. And not as often as he used to be, but we still love having Brad Law back with us whenever we can get him. He'll be on the air tonight, along with the voice of the Auburn Tigers, Andy Burcham, as the uh, Tigers are back home at Neville Arena battling the uh, Vanderbilt Commodores. Uh, ESPN2 also in town for that event. 8 p.m. Central Time tip, Neville Arena, Tom Hart, and Jimmy Dykes on the call down in Auburn, Alabama. Mike Grace along with Bart Heitch and Jason Powers on this Wednesday. Don't forget, we've got uh, TJ, pa- TJ Reeves, it is, coming up in hour number two to talk basketball, uh, Super Bowl, and more. And the Power Six with a couple of a bonus picks, maybe from even Bart Heitch, who's going to throw some goodies in with us here in the next couple of minutes. But, fellas, shall we talk college basketball with Bruce Pearl? What, what's your first recollection of Bruce Pearl, Bart, as a, as a basketball guy? Mm, Wisconsin Green Bay, yeah. Antonio Gates. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty sure that's right. No, Milwaukee, Wisconsin University. Yeah, Wisconsin, yeah. Milwaukee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Actually, Gates wouldn't. Gates didn't play there. He went to Kent State. Gates went to Kent State. State. But, but they played each. And I right. remember seeing Bruce Cup. But I remember that run they made in the NCAA tournament. I remember the fire. I remember the energy. Yep. And then, of course, Tennessee. How he came into the. No coach has come into the. He was really the first coach to come take the SEC by storm like that at a time to where you had a lot of old school coaches that were leaving yep. the game. And uh, so I just, I love the way he coaches. I love the man. He's, he's just, he's a great life leader as well. Indeed he is. And now in his 10th season on the Plains, has guided the Tigers to 173 wins in the nine previous season. The program's first ever number one ranking in both national polls, memorable run to the 1995, uh, 2019 Final Four. It was a three-time SEC Coach of the Year, two-time SEC regular season champion, one SEC tournament championship, and four trips to the NCAA tournament as an Auburn Tiger. He is Bruce Pearl, the head coach of the Auburn Tigers. Bart, I'm going to give you the first question because I just got a little personal connection. Am I right? Oh, man, does it. Hey, Coach, uh, Bart Heitch here, uh, former neighbor uh, in Auburn. Uh, I don't know if you remember. I sure do. But uh, when you got the job at Auburn, you know, I grew up an Auburn fan with grad school at Auburn. Uh, it lived in Auburn for 12 years. Just it, it was a perfect hire. But I don't know if you remember this uh, man that had a towel in his hand that walked around the neighborhood um, when you first got to town, uh, and I came up to you at Lake Point the last time I saw you in person, Coach, and I just wanted to publicly thank you for all those times you stopped and talked to Big Joe Heitch uh, in the neighborhood. That yeah. A lot. No, absolutely. Uh, absolutely. Uh, uh, he was a good old man, good old dude. And I tell you what, and you could time his walks like like clockwork. <laughs> he, had well, his, hey. he had his routine. He knew when you were walking, Coach. Let's not get it twisted. Um, yeah, my fat ass needs to walk a little bit more, to be honest with you. But we are – tis a season, so there, there's not as much opportunity. Well, glad you got that in, Bart. We'll, uh, we'll turn to uh, basketball now and talk about your last two games, Coach Pearl. I know not the results you wanted, but tough, tight losses – on the road against two. Wait a minute, we can't teams. talk about the sixteen wins. We got to talk about the losses. <laughs> no, 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 here, here's where I'm going, Coach. Promise me, I promise you, I'm going to set you up nice. My, what I'm saying is, you're a victim somewhat of your own success. It was you at Tennessee. Mm. It was Cal at Kentucky. Maybe Rick Barnes at Tennessee. Other guys who have made this league what it is now in, in basketball. Uh-huh. I know as a head coach, it's got to be so tough to go on the road and even at home night and night against this competition. Yeah. But as a lover of basketball. How proud of you are where the SEC stands in hoops right now? 
Well, Mike, I'm glad to talk about the SEC as a as an individual coach. It's it's very difficult to reflect in midseason. Um, I desperately wanted to make Auburn relevant uh, in the SEC. Um, I wanted championships to have to come through Auburn, Alabama. Not that we're going to win it, but be a factor. Um, and um, and I am proud of the SEC. I have I have seen it come a long way from Billy Donovan at Florida, Cal at Kentucky, and then maybe us at Tennessee and everybody else. In some ways it was, but now it's not. Uh, great coaches, great commitments from our, you know, from the athletic and universities. I tell you what, when on a Saturday, when you look around the conference and most of the games are sold out, like Texas A&M, that's a big building. They're sold out for Ole Miss. Mississippi State was sold out for Auburn, and it wasn't just because we brought a couple thousand all that we did. It's just wonderful to see. Uh, Alabama had one of the best crowds they've had that wasn't because Auburn or Kentucky was playing. You know, and I think that's just really, really good for the league, and it does make it hard uh, to win in a row. But we did have a chance. We put ourselves in position the last two. Everybody keeps on wondering, why is our math so good? Our math so good because we went out and tried to schedule really, really hard. It's not our fault that Notre Dame or Indiana – um, or, uh, you know, Baylor or uh, some of the USC, all those teams are supposed to be quad one high, you know, we, we try Virginia tech. I mean, man, we tried in the non-conference, but the math so good because we beat those teams by the margins that we beat them by. And then when we've lost, we've lost close on the road. We've been in position. Um, and so that's why we're in where we're and right now we still are in position. But like I've been saying, guys, we're better than what they thought, but we're not as good as they think we are right now. So, Coach, we're kind of in the dog days of late January, early February. The schedule, everybody's played about six or seven, eight conference games. You know, guys have been going at it here for a couple of months now. How do you work your guys through the dog days of these next couple of weeks as far as school's back in session for all the kids now they're in the full swing of school how do you as a coaching staff whether it's practice routines doing some fun stuff as a team some team building how do you keep the fun at going through the dog days here in late january early february and you gotta love the grind listen you gotta love the dog days you gotta embrace it we've been preparing for this all all year part of it jason is playing 10 or 11 guys our guys should not be physically or even mentally pounded because they've not had a play all game long. That's part of the philosophy and part of what we try to share in our locker room. So, you know, we just got to recognize that we're in position to be in position, as we said. So what do you do, though? You know, sometimes you shorten practices. Sometimes you think the kids are, you know, the kids come in, oh, my goodness gracious, he is going to absolutely kill us today. And then you do the opposite, you know. And the one thing that you do do, like, look, I'm really hard on him when we're winning. And I back off of them a little bit when we're when we're not. So I'll, I'm going to back off them a little bit. We got two this week. We focus one at a time. We got to beat Vanderbilt at home on on Wednesday night. They're a dangerous team because they shoot the they shoot the lights out. They play the same way all the time, and that's hard. And it doesn't matter whether they're winning or losing. So right now, an SEC win is is what they're after. They've already played us, and they played us even in the second half the last time we played. So, anyways, just take them one at a time. Understand what the prize is. Embrace the grind. And, and, and listen, and know that the rest of them are grinding out there too. Absolutely. Everyone is grinding in the SEC, Coach. And by the way, that is an absolutely big-time pullover. Uh, old school Albie is my favorite, oh, man. man. Oh, oh, right? Zip up too? 
Hey, with a hoop, uh, with a hoodie too. Come on, coach. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, show me that swag, baby. You know, you uh, know. Okay, so uh, I want to talk about your coaching staff that you mentioned, uh, Stephen. Um, you know, that has to be special. Uh, I've gotten to know him very well. Uh, but also just, you know, it, it's been together for a while. There's been some interchangeable parts. But, you know, Coach Pruitt's been there for a long time as well. And Marquise Daniels um, as well, being a guy that trains and develops your players. That former SEC, I, not, focus on all your coaches, and I know how much they mean the grind and how hard it is for you guys. But having those former SEC player eyes, right, yeah. on things, um, yeah. that's got to be important too, right? Yeah, no, it's it's so important. You want to judge me, and it's okay to judge. Me. Okay, judge me, but judge me by the people I surround myself with. I'm I'm okay if you judge me by my wife, who is a absolutely beautiful preacher <laughs> that is um that is just lets me work and and has embraced this ministry and we've treated it that way. Uh, judge me by, by my staff. Judge me by Stephen Pearl. Uh, judge me by Ira Bowman. Um, you know, he's one of the most valuable assistants in the country because of what he does in recruiting, what he does as a teacher and a player development guy. Marquise Daniels, former player, Brian Smith, former player at Auburn. Guys that know the Auburn way, they know the Auburn family. Um, Chad Pruitt's been with me from the beginning. Mike Burgermaster, one of the best offensive minds in college basketball. Candy is a manager, but only six, seven years. Maddox Jeffries is a guy that was a manager, then like a GA, then like an assistant. Uh, now he's the director of been here. And so in this age of NIL and transfer portal, when you've got incredible continuity on a coaching staff, like we do, like more than anybody else in the league, this is what, when you, this is what family is all about. Families stay together. They do the best job they can. They stay together in the good times, the bad times. And that's how you build culture. It's harder to do it now because you don't have most people don't have a Jalen Williams who's been there five years as a player or Dylan Carwell for four, Chris Moore for four, Katie Johnson for three. And, and, and you need, so you need some of that. Um, and, um, and so, yes, that is our culture. That's who we are. And my staff has done a phenomenal job um, having, helping us be competitive five out of the last seven years. Auburn has managed to be at one point in a year in the top 10 wow. in five out of the last seven years. It's, it's good, and that's because of my staff. It's really good, coach. And players, and and and, and I look, I look at this schedule now that that coming <laughs> for the end of year. And it's not just for you guys; it's for a lot of people in the league. The schedule, you know, it has some breathing room here and there, but nine of your last eleven games are against teams that right now are projected to possibly be either in this NCAA tournament or bubble teams. How important is that home crowd at Neville Arena every night? I'm going to tee you up here. Tee you up for the all-family, baby. I mean, it's the most – it is the number one competitive advantage at home in the country, in my opinion, with the pit yeah. being right behind. Could you speak to that a little bit? Yeah, man, it's been great. Um, Neville Arena is, I think, the toughest place to play in college basketball. It is a, I agree. It is just such a great environment. Our students line up. Uh, uh, but they line up for every game. They don't just line. It's not just Kentucky, you know. It's not just Bronny, is it? It's not, not just, just when Bronny comes, is it? And Bronny had nothing. <laughs> and Bronny had nothing to do with it. Um, and um, you know what? It's a great game day experiments. John Cohn and his staff have done a great job creating a great environment upstairs uh, with our standing room, with some of the video boards, with with uh, some of the refreshments that are being served. I mean, it's it's a great atmosphere. And, um, you know, but, you know, you'll be able to get to it. You know, look, it's stuff like parking. It's stuff like access. It's stuff like, you know, stuff like that matters. Um, and then you know, obviously winning. 
you know, and, and winning matters for sure. But this team's been able to go on the road. And, you know, we've, we've lost, we played four games on the road in the league. And we've won two and we've lost two. You know, what do you got to do to win the league? You got to beat everybody at home. You got to beat all the teams you're supposed to beat on the road and get one or two you're not supposed to get. Now, I think we're supposed to get Arkansas. We're not supposed to get them by 32, but we're supposed to get them. Um, we're supposed to get Vanderbilt. Mississippi State and Alabama, I don't know. I don't know if they're supposed to. There's certainly opportunities. They were missed opportunities. We have to play better. We've got to make shots. Um, but I thought we guarded both times. I don't. I haven't talked to Marlene yet, but like I think with the exception of maybe in league, I know it's the low scoring output for those teams. Um, and then, you know, you hold you hold Mississippi State down to what we have. But Mississippi State's a great defensive team. What did Mississippi State score? 64. What they scored? 64. 64, yeah. We should win again when Mississippi State scores 64, but they played great defense also. All right, last one for me, Coach. I want to take you back to your younger days when, the hood, when you would wear the hoodie to school every day. How did Coach Pearl, who never played high school basketball, who looks like he would have been a heck of a 4-3 linebacker or a fullback, or how did Coach Pearl decide basketball was going to be his passion and his way to make a living and try to make a career of it? Yeah, thank you for the question. Um, so when I was 15 years old in Sharon, Massachusetts, I don't mind saying this, I was one of the best athletes in town. I was the first kid picked. Um, you know, I, I whether baseball, basketball, football, um, wanted everything. I don't know that I was the greatest kid in the world. Uh, I was, I was, I was uh, focused on simply being able to beat you at everything, and then tell you about it. And I think God said, you know what? Nah, this is not exactly what I have in mind for you, young man. And I had, I had even at the age of 15, what amounted to a career-ending knee injury. Um, but I want to play in varsity baseball. Um, I could never play football, even though it was my best sport. And I didn't play uh, varsity basketball because of that injury. Um, and that was devastating to me. But it was also an eye-opener. And I believe God had a plan. I honestly believe that the, the pain that I went through, not being able to compete at the highest level as a high school athlete. Then I went to Boston College. I walked on the basketball team. Shortly thereafter, got cut. And um, But Tom Davis saw something. He saw competitiveness. He saw something. He saw something. And he asked me to not quit. He didn't ask me to be a manager. He said, I want you to come join my staff. He heard some things about me. And I became the director of basketball promotions. I became his camp director. I helped him do his TV show. Uh, and next thing you know, I'm recruiting, I'm hosting Pat Patrick Ewing on his campus visit. Man. And I am entrenched in the coaching staff like nobody's business. And then my senior year, he gets the job at he in the spring. He gets the job at Stanford, and prior to ever graduating as a 21 year old, he asked me to come with him as an assistant coach, wow. because I made myself a part of the program. Not to get a job, not not thinking I was ever going to coach, but when I look back on my career after I got hurt, I coached little league baseball, I coached little league basketball, I coached pop Warner football. I couldn't play, but I was coaching. Not because I thought I was going to do that as a career. But that was the path that God chose for me. He had to knock my ass down the size. He had to make me fail. And you know what, parents? It's okay for your kids to fail. If they're not if they're not starting, you know, then then they better play better defense. If they're not batting fourth and pitching, tell them to stay away from the hard ones and throw strikes. And we don't do that anymore. My dad told me to suck it up and figure out a way. And that's why. Some that did not play varsity basketball is talking to you right now. 
Coach Pearl, thank you so much for your your genuineness, your openness, whether it's your faith, your support of Israel, whatever the case may be. You, the basketball, the, you are who you are, and and as an Auburn guy, we're proud of you, sir. Thanks so much for, for what you do for Auburn and, right. and the War Eagle. Thank you, guys. Appreciate being on with you very much. And War Eagle. How about uh, how about Bruce Pearl, guys? Uh, <laughs> You know, we, we had Brock Purdy as our life leader of the week, brought to you by Coastal Leaders of Realty Group. Uh, you mentioned it, Bart. This guy qualifies as that as well, and especially that last bit. Great question, Jason, to ask him about himself oh. as an athlete. And, and you hear, you heard him say, hey, man, I, I was a great athlete, but was not a great kid. You know, God had to, had to work on me a little bit. Uh, as I've had been others told, uh, we're all in process. <laughs> Every one of us is WIP, in baby. in WIP. process, brother. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, uh, well, how cool to, to visit with Coach Pearl today, man. I just loved how open he was. I mean, he wasn't he wasn't afraid to answer. Always you know. is, always is. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and, and again, he's made some mistakes in his coaching career, and he's been involved in a couple things that sure. people could people like he said. Don't ju- you can judge me if you want, but but judge me who who I surround myself with. And again, he he he's been in a couple of things that you know some people may not may not love, but he's open. He's made Auburn a basketball school when nobody would have ever thought Auburn was going to be a basketball school, and he's made that arena. He got that arena built damn near. He did. It is. I mean, his 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 persona and his 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 energy in that program got that arena built the building was there before he got there uh bart but it was just a building i called the first game in that building and it was a samford basketball win over the auburn tigers and right. uh yeah that they, they come a Tony long barbie came a right. long way since then yes they have yeah, yeah yeah and i mean i was actually friends with coach barbie then and i just remember the energy you'd go to the games with anybody there yep. i mean you could walk right into the uh, club level place and uh and, and hang out but i just love what he said to parents and i love yeah. and, and i think Ooh, i yeah. love him so much because like you can tell he and his son's relationship steven and i had that type of relationship with my father like i don't get to have that it's different now, Daddy, with the Holy Spirit. But at the same time, the connection of fathers with sons, man, it's just so powerful. And when he talks to parents, though, that we need to save that clip and we need to play that clip as much as we can play it and just let parents hear. It's okay if your kid ain't starting, man. It's okay if they have to go through adversity in at a young age in life. Man, that's what Pops put me through. And, like, yes, I rebelled and probably like he did. <laughs> can you imagine him talking noise powers? Back when he was just giving it to people, I'll bet he was like a Larry Bird type trash talker. I bet oh, yeah. he gave it to people. And then oh, you yeah. get hurt, and all of a sudden you see, oh my man, this life is not really up to me. And that happened to him at a young age. And I think you can see that. And he's just a great example of a powerful leader. And on top of that, just a fantastic personality, man. He's such a great interview and such a great guest. Really appreciate to Marley Naver uh, with the communications department at Auburn Athletics for helping us set that up with Coach Bruce Pearl here inside the Press Box. If you came in in the middle of it, we'll have an archive for you later today on the website, pressboxradio.com. And we may slap that up on the podcast as well. The podcast has kind of been asleep for a while, but we may yeah, wake it up Yeah, I'll put it, it on today. my Twitter, too, at BH22. I'll put it out on my Twitter. We'll, 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 we'll wake up the podcast and uh, send that out there for you, too. So wherever you find your favorite podcast, Search Pressbox Radio 1. That's Pressbox Radio and the number one. And we'll get that uh, Bruce Pearl interview out there. When we come back, Hour 2 brings you TJ Reeves, Tampa Bay Bucks Radio Network guy and basketball uh, coast-to-coast, college basketball coast-to-coast, plus the Power 6. Uh, Bart's going to jump in and, and pick a few as well as we bring you that on the other side of a quick timeout. It is the Press Box back in three minutes. 